Sorry, what? How so? How, how so? That's what I was going to say, too. Um, because it said so. Welcome to What an Oddcast. I'm Jared Minikheim, and of course, with me, as always, my lovely co-host, Mr. Anthony Denny. Hello. And uh, the person that's becoming uh, quite the regular here, uh, Mr. Jeremy. Buenos dias, my friends. Oh, don't mind me just hitting the mic with my fucking coffee, because I'm, I'm a complete fucking moron. Drinking coffee at three forty nine at night. Hey, I I start my day at four thirty in the morning, so I need coffee to keep me going for longer than after I'm out of work. All right. Uh, I'm tired of shit. (laughs) Uh, so to start off today, fuck koalas. Starting off, secondly, uh, welcome to part two about Call of Duty Zombies. We're gonna be covering more today. Uh, last time we left off, uh, we had just gotten to, you know, where the element one one five comes from, which was what makes zombies and all the other random shit you find in that game in those games. Uh, the, the people who created it and what are essentially the gods and demons kind of thing, uh, and then we got into our main characters for the most part, uh, at least Richtofen and the Nazis and Maxis and all that kind of stuff. Uh, and today we're going to break down into more, uh, <laughs> right after Richtofen builds the uh, the Griffin Station for the moon uh, to get to what we had uh, as the Agarthan Pyramid, uh, which he calls the MPD, uh, just basically like trying to hide it, what it is. Uh, so we're going to be picking up from there and seeing what goes on. Um, but before we do that, again, I want to clarify, fuck koalas. You know, I've done that like three times where I've said something and then my word became law. (laughs) Get off the plane in Australia. The koalas must die. (laughs) I have spoken. (laughs) I have spoken. What do you mean? The koalas can't die. They're a part of nature. No, they're not. This is the way. <laughs> and then just go out and start shooting them out. <laughs> no, I would never do that. I'd never actually purposely go kill koalas. Uh, no. Although I don't really see them as a necessity for nature. They're just... We've covered this so much. They're not smart. So please <laughs> stop telling me 
because you're a fan of like, oh, they're so cute and kind of like, no, they're not. They're they're actually quite mean little animals. They're nasty little animals, and they're fucking dumb as shit. Like, don't don't come, don't they fall on don't. they fall on people. Yes, they give them syphilis. Yeah, it's just I can't I can't reason with that as being a cute animal. They're just <clears throat> so anyway. So again, we left off, Bricktoven builds a Griffin Station, he's trying to get back to the moon, he's trying to open up this giant pyramid to get back to what he, uh, what, uh, the Agartha, which is like, it's kind of, it's like a messed up kind of heaven thing. Agartha. <laughs> uh, and they created the drinks that we have in the game, so your self-revive, juggernaut, double tap, speed cola. Uh, so let's continue so on, wait, gentlemen. Is, is Agartha almost heaven? West Virginia. You know, Blue Ridge Mountain, you know, I could let you continue and we could go down that road. Um, <laughs> I don't want to, though. <laughs> I don't want to give you this. <laughs> uh, so continue on with part two, gentlemen. <clears throat> now we're going to continue on as read by Dr. Maxis. Now, while Richthofen was busy with the creation of the drinks and deciphering the blueprints found from the African expedition, things were getting weird back at Griffin Station. Our friendly scientist friends, Gruff oh, and Schuster, unwittingly discover the power to the Aether Pyramid, or as Richthofen had labeled it, MPD, they had found a way to power the pyramid. Schutzer, after being pestered by a rat, killed it near the pyramid. This incident somehow allowed the pyramid to absorb the rat's power, therefore briefly powering the pyramid. The duo, astonished at what had just happened, sent their findings to the good insane Dr. Richthofen. He, in turn, seeing the results, begins to send his fellow scientists and soldiers to be sacrificed to the pyramid for power. Naturally. <laughs> Of course. Oh, what's powering it? Oh. You're being reassigned, you're being reassigned, you're being reassigned, you're being reassigned. <laughs> now, I don't, hey, I did don't you hear? remember. Did you hear about the new promotion going around? Oh, yeah. We get to go work on the moon. This will be real cool, yeah. <laughs> now, I don't remember, but in the game, when you kill zombies near the pyramid, does it power it up? Uh, yeah, it's actually part of the Easter egg for it, uh, to kill Samantha yeah. and to end uh, the Easter egg for the whole moon map. Uh, okay, you have to kill a to fuck sure. ton of them to power the fucking thing. Just want to make sure that that's where they're... Uh... Okay. Yeah. Yeah. See what they did there? See what they did there? Oh, yeah. They know what they're, they know what they're doing. For now. <clears throat> now, by the end of 1942, obviously I, Dr. Maxis, had noticed Richthofen's behavior. <laughs> I expect... <laughs> Dude is kind of crazy. He's kind of batshit. I express He's my concerns. I express my concerns to my superiors, and uh, I tell them that Element 115 appears to have an adverse reaction on my colleague Dr. Richthofen's behavior. But... 
Like a great fucking father, I leave my daughter Samantha in Richtoven's care while I go to the Kino facility with my assistant Sophia for more research on the undead army. I was Dude, given I'm father totally of the year. On you. Oh. <laughs> Dude, I'm totally gonna knock on, knock on you because you're fucking crazy and shit. Can you watch my daughter? I gotta go, like, <laughs> go do stuff. And that's exactly what... <laughs> That's exactly how I felt. I'm like, you just found out the dude's, like, killing off, like, all your men. I mean, he's clearly fucking insane. But no. He's sacrificing no, people to a pyramid. All right. Well, I think Richthofen is murdering, murdering our fellow colleagues. I don't... People are disappearing, and it's weird. And he started this lottery about if you pick the lucky numbers, you get to go to the moon. And those people just aren't coming back. Uh, anyway, thank you for your response. And this is how I feel. Hey, Richthofen, can I get you to watch my daughter so I can uh, go to this other facility and leave her completely in your care till I return? Oh, yes, that would be wonderful. I play with her and skin her and turn her into a zombie. And... What, what I was mean, that? Brush her hair. I mean, brush her hair, do her makeup, get her a tight little dress, maybe electrotherapy her. What was that? W- electro? No, no, he, no, I mean, give he, her an electric door to play with. Eat ice cream and talk about boys. That's what girls do, right? In the bar. Uh. <sighs> Alright, so that's enough for Max's, because after I saw that, I was like, you know, I was kind of doing it like a Maxie's voice, but like, that just there, like, father of the year, folks. Let's really just give him a round of applause. So, by 1943, uh, the war was obviously World War Two. Uh, was obviously reaching reaching a climax, you know, kind of ended shortly after this. Uh, anyway, a Russian a Russian soldier is captured. Nikolai Bolinsky. Yes, of course it was Nikolai. He uh, gets all the ladies. Nikolai is captured during the Battle of Stalingrad, uh, and he's sent to Group Nine Three Five for experimentation. The same year. Takio Masaki is captured by Group 935 on order of the Emperor of Japan. Both men are held captive for testing. Oh, wow. Fun. (laughs) Fun. Well, then. 1944. Obviously, the Nazis are facing defeat, but are certainly not stopping Group 935 as they are the hope for success, because if they have an undead army, who the fuck's gonna stop them? So they're putting all their chips in 935. Let's <laughs> put all of our eggs in one basket. Jaw? Jaw. Ja. But a Mexican spy is captured in Der Eisentrache, which we covered over last time, a giant fucking castle built by a king. Pablo Marinas. But in his cell, he begins to describe a great war involving demon-like creatures who are trying to devour the earth. He notes that in these visions, he sees himself in a past life protected by four knights, oddly donning the tunics similar to the statues seen in the castle. Weird. Weird. Not like we covered that before either. <laughs> Go back and listen to like part like, one, bitch. He's <laughs> like, oh yeah, I've had a vision of, the, of a past life, and you know, these dudes were, uh, you know, wearing that. Kind of look like those two captors, too. Huh. Right. All connected. Start looks at Rick Delvin, looks at Nikolai, looks at Takio. Just... You know, uh, 
Anyone ever told you you guys look like the statues that are around here? Anybody ever told you that? (laughs) (laughs) Starts putting two and two together. Anyway. (laughs) 1945, gentlemen. OSS operator Peter McLean infiltrates Group 935. In July of that year, yeah. Richtoven travels to the Siberian facility for tests on live subjects. Ooh, wunderbar. Oh, I love it. Just so sensual. Since, uh, and since y'all know, uh, you know, Maxie's left Samantha in his care, she's taken along again, father of the fucking year. God, I think we're up to the decade now. <laughs> For real? <laughs> I know this man's an evil Nazi and all, but I'm still going to let him watch my daughter. Yeah, like you just, again, we're going to go back to this. You just told everyone that is high up that like pays all your shit and is helping run everything that your partner might be fucking insane. But no, no, it's fine. It's fine. He can watch your daughter. Like, that's fine. <laughs> Clearly, I think he was talking about himself at that point. So, uh, Rick Tobin also brings along the Brill device that was found in the old western town. That little rinky-dink metal thing uh, that old Jebediah Brown made. Uh, Once he arrives, a reporter is captured outside the facility. Rick Tobin interrogates the man, where it's revealed he's working for a Mr. Rapt, who's looking for certain artifacts. Of course, one of them just so happens to be the Vril vessel that Richtofen is holding, uh, which is also known as the Seal of Duality. Of course, Richtofen tells the man to fuck off and then orders him to get shot to death. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, you want this? No, you can't have that. Shoot him. Oh, where are we going? We're just going down this hallway? Oh, guys, I have to tell you, I my asthma is so bad with the dust in these castles. Oh, it's a dead end. Why are we at a dead end? Bang. Ah, you've shot me. Oh, did you fuck my wife? Why are you shooting me? Is this why you're shooting me? Hank Pym, everyone. Give him a round of applause. Hank Pym. <laughs> <laughs> I thought we killed that guy already. <laughs> We've killed him a few times on the show. <laughs> anyway, <laughs> so uh, August of 1945, Group 935 transfers three subjects to Richtofen. Wouldn't you guess it? Takio, Nikolai, and Pablo. Poor Pablo. And here is why, poor Pablo. <laughs> Few days after arriving, Mexican. Yeah, unfortunately. A few days after <laughs> arriving, Rick Tobin begins his experimentations. Of course, since he has the blueprints left by Jebediah, he also begins looking how he can create the elemental shard using 115 and begin to build the Agarthian device in hopes of reaching Agartha. Isn't that fun? He's fucking evil, guys. In case you haven't been able to tell, <laughs> Rick Tobin's just fucking evil. So the spy McCain that we talked about earlier becomes fear uh, that spy who infiltrated 935. He becomes fearful. Uh, Group 935 will not be able to control the creations that they have. 
So his handler, his handler Cornelius Perno, uh, sends a Marine recon team to get him out. This team is led by the final, final member of our original four characters, a one Tank Dempsey. Ooh, Tank. McCain is out America. as a spy, and the team moves in quickly for extraction. September 1945. So the next month. Rick Tobin condense. Uh, uh, <laughs> condense. Dunce. Condense. <laughs> Shut up. Condense, you dunce? Yes, condense. In other words, condensing donuts. Condense. Condense. Yes. Con- I can go for some condense. Hey, stay later. I'll show you some. Let's say, I mean, there's two guys here <laughs> that to show you some. Well then. <laughs> Sorry. This got weird very fast. So let's back up. <laughs> let's start over. My name's Bob. Slip and reverse that. James Bob. Now, this is the part where I take you up to my room. Let's just backtrack. Well then. Because it's a spy, get it? <laughs> okay, so. No. Backtrack. <laughs> oh, you'll you'll get it later then. Ah. September 1945. Uh, Rick Tobin conducts an uh, an operation on poor Pablo uh, with a Harvey Yenna, another American spy. Ah. I mean, 935's not locked down very well. That's two fucking spies that are just hidden in there. And only one of them's been found. And this dude's like right next to Rick Tobin conducting experiments. I'm just saying. Huh. But can we say something real quick about Rick Tobin? Okay, what about it? His name's Edward. Yes, that's right. What? Edward Rick Tobin. It's Edward Rick Tobin. <laughs> <laughs> indeed, indeed it is. Uh, Alright. Didn't know that. Just googled Rick Tobin real quick. Found out Edward Rick Tobin. Indeed. Edward Rick Tobin. <clears throat> so, what is this uh, operation that you asked that they performed on poor Pablo? Was it something to make him a zombie? No, because Rick Tovin's a sick, twisted fuck. <sighs> Rick Tovin removes Pablo's spleen, then notes, the key to the human mind is not located in the spleen. <laughs> <laughs> He is presumed dead and dumped in the nearby river. Pablo, however, survives this, somehow survives this operation and awakes at the bottom of the river. But sadly, he can only return to the facility where he's trapped for the next 20 fucking years. The spleen, the spleen is not the where right, the so let's, mind is. Let me see it. No, let me just jot this down. Does not contain the key to the human mind. <laughs> Meanwhile, Harvey's making his notes. She's like, and he's fucking insane. Thought the spleen was the key to the mind. All right, just let me jot that down. Ah. <laughs> uh, Several days uh, several days later, Dempsey and his team arrive at the asylum facility, where the test subjects have broken free. 
Dempsey is captured in the ensuing chaos and sent to Richtoven to replace poor Pablo. Richtoven experiments on Dempsey, Nikolai, and Takio repeatedly. He notes the personality traits of each as he does. <clears throat> la la la. You all gonna suck these nuts. You and nuts again. God damn, man. You know, when you have big nuts. <laughs> All right. What you do uh, is you what you do is you cut them off and then you turn around and feed them to the hog. Wow. Is that what happened to you? Oh, I, I no, I thought we were talking about breeding hogs here. Dempsey's intellect seems rather low, but his will is unbreakable. Takio stares endlessly at the floor. He just keeps muttering what sounds like a proverb over and over again. And Nikolai. He's finally responded to stimuli, but only after I made it from a base of vodka. Their minds are entirely broken, with no real memories of who they once were. Yet they do not give up on life. Meanwhile, he also experimented on Maxie's daughter, Samantha. Which, there's no information on what he did to her, just that he also experimented on that poor girl. And wait, there's one more person as well. Do tell. Well, not person. Fluffy. Oh, we'll get to Fluffy. Okay. We'll get to Fluffy. That comes in later. Don't you worry. All this will come to a head, believe me. Everything I just said will come to a head and will become very important by the end. By the end of this episode, everything we just covered will be important. So, yeah, so he's experimenting on all these guys. Like, he's broken them to the point that, like, they don't remember who they are. They don't remember where the fuck they are, who they are. They, they, don't, they don't remember a goddamn thing other than this dude's torturing them, basically. Um, yeah. Rick Tobin's just fucking evil. Because all he wants to do is make that device. So he's just doing this over and over and over and over again. <sighs> Rick Tobin continues to toil with the uh, with building the Agarthian device, and eventually he manages he manages to siphon off a peach at peach. Jesus a peach. Fucking what? Christ! I got a peach. I got a peach. <laughs> Man, you can't talk for Jack today. Uh, no, I keep tripping over my because I'm I'm reading ahead of what I'm saying, and it's just I'm sorry. Peace of the soul of Takio Dempsey and Nikolai. He then uses his own soul and fuses them all into a shard of 115, which is something that's needed for the Agarthian device. This turns that piece of 115 into a shard of glass. Little does Richtoven know that by doing so, he has now tied the souls of all versions of themselves to the Aether through time and space. Yeah, that makes sense. Well, uh, you know, it didn't, it doesn't. <laughs> just, just don't overthink it. <laughs> they put their souls on a rock and they made them all connected to the rocks. The rock world. Yeah, just don't overthink it. it it's, uh, like, somehow t- using their souls, like, all of them in any ver- any version of themselves are now like all connected because through 
what's basically like heaven. Just don't overthink it. You know, it's a video game. Don't overthink it. You gave me a headache. You're welcome. Welcome to What an Oddcast. Uh, before we continue, um, I just want to take a quick minute and say uh, thank you. Thank you for listening. Thank you for stopping by. Uh, Jeremy, thank, thank you for your, for your service. God damn it. <laughs> well, until you stop being a soldier, we're not going to stop thanking you. That's right. you got a couple more years. Uh, and then we'll thank you for half serving. Yeah, well, thank you for your service again anyway. So it's an endless hell. So, so are, you guys, are, are you guys cooking me pancakes on Veterans Day? Maybe. Maybe. Heather's, maybe. Heather's grandma can make you pancakes. I mean, I could. Maybe. But if you uh, if you really want to show your support for the show and really thank Jeremy for his service and overall just help us uh, so we can keep making these shows, bringing them to you faster and better, whatever, head on over to patreon.com slash oddcast and come go check us out. There's going to be some things that are going up there rather soon that'll be there only, so you're going to want to check that out. So continuing on, gentlemen. <clears throat> so... You know, he's broken all the men, he's experimenting on all of them, plus Samantha, uh, and now he's just made this uh, glass shard out of 115 that uh, ties them all together through every version of themselves. So it's it's rather fucked, and Rick Tobin is still evil as shit. Just want to wanna reiterate, he's evil as shit. Harvey Yenna informs Rick Tobin that Maxis has not mass-produced the Wonderwaff DG2 as promised. This is how fucking insane this man is. Rick Tobin, upon hearing the news, <sighs> vows to destroy Maxie's and his daughter and to no longer work on Max's undead army. Over a gun. Over not mass producing the Wonderwall. That that that's what finally is the last straw. Not getting ratted out, not being told that you might be a little fucking insane. It's not mass producing the Wonderwob. Then he's like, "You know what, Maxis? I won't work for you anymore," and vows to destroy <laughs> them both. Like that. That's what does it. Fucking right? crazy. Fucking Nazis, man. So, <clears throat> World War Two ends, and Maxis. Returns to Darius in October of 1945, ordering Rick Tobin to do the same, as so they may continue uh, their work on the matter, uh, matter transference device. So the teleporter. A few days pass, and Rick Tobin returns with Samantha and his test subjects, Nikolai, Dempsey, and Takio. Those poor, broken so, bastards. So wait, not only did he say that he will never work with him again, he still has his daughter. Oh, it's about to get real fucked, gentlemen. On October 12th, Groff contacts Richtoven and informs him that the pyramid is powered and awaiting a conduit. Then, October 13th, 1945... Doesn't need, any, doesn't need additional pylons. This is where everything literally goes to hell. Literally goes to hell. Literally. Maxis begins test trials with the teleportation and uses Samantha's dog, Fluffy. Fluffy! Now, of course, when Fluffy is returned, it 
you know, his molecules are kind of changed, and he's looking fucked up. And Samantha sees that, and immediately runs into the return chamber, and is like, oh my god, Fluffy, my favorite dog, Fluffy, oh my god. Maxis chases after He's like, daughter, you can't go in there, daughter, no! And what happens, gentlemen? What do you think happens when all of them are in the chamber? Um, Richtoven turns it on? Oh, you're goddamn right. Richtoven sees this as an opportunity, seals them inside, and teleports them away, laughing maniacal. Maniacal laugh. Maniacal, maniacal laugh. laugh. It's an idiom, you idiot. <laughs> Everyone watched the Muppets, the 20, like, the, the mid-2000s Muppets movie. It was fucking great. <laughs> I'm choking on coffee. Uh, now, when this happens, obviously you've seen what happens to Fluffy. I don't think I have to explain that one. Uh, if you played the games, I don't. But for those of you who haven't played the games... Uh, souls. Yeah. Uh, that was fucking terrible. Fluffy <laughs> turns into hell... It turns into a hellhound. Yeah, and uh, every time that it's uh, like every five rounds or so, depending on which game you're playing, and sometimes not even dogs, they changed it as time went on. Uh, but more times than not, it's dogs, uh, and they're just they—they're literally hellhounds, and that's Fluffy. Like it's just nonstop Fluffy. Maxie's on the other well, hand. Not only Fluffy. Well, now Fluffy was pregnant with puppies. Yeah, yeah. That see, that's something that I had always heard. But when I was reading all this and looking into it, nobody ever mentions it. So I don't know if that's something we all just added because there's multiple ones. The way that the the way that it's written from what I was looking at anyway made it seem like it's just that Fluffy changed so much that she's able to just like multiply, and that's why she's it's constant hellhound kind of thing. I remember uh, when we always played when I played the least with Tyler. Whenever it was a dog round, we always we, the first dog was always Fluffy. We always raced to kill Fluffy. Yes. Um, but this is why I, I wouldn't be totally unbelieved if it was just the same dog. Because <clears throat> Maxis is sent to the crazy place where he learns how to merge with electricity. The crazy place, for those of you who have not played the games, is a place you actually can see in the map Origins. Uh, it's where you go if you're playing the Origins map. Uh, it's where you get your stuff to build the uh, electric, fire, ice, or wind staff. Uh, and you have to go get these elemental shards, and that's called the Crazy Place. Uh, it's a place in between time and space, hence why it's called the Crazy Place. That is where Maxis ends up, and he learns how to become electricity. Samantha, on the other hand... Oh, boy. So poor little Samantha it, I, honestly is the biggest victim out of everything that happens. She is teleported to Griffin Station. I mean, being a little girl, she's scared out of her fucking mind into what's going on, runs inside the open pyramid where she thinks it's safe. As soon as she enters it, she becomes corrupted by the Dark Aether inside of it. Richtoven is informed, and he orders that Maxis be teleported to the moon, to the Griffin Station on the moon, to convince Samantha to come out. So he does. Maxis convinces his daughter to come out. <clears throat> he bends down, he hugs his daughter, lovingly, you know, a real touching moment, and then whispers, Kill them all. 
Samantha unleashes an undead plague on all of Group 935. Maxis, knowing how to become electricity, merges into the station. And the undead proceed to wipe out every single person on Griffin's station. Maxis, final revenge against all those who had wronged him. And if there's anybody you'd like us to shout out here on the show, uh, you can always feel free to contact us at oddcastmedia at gmail.com at oddcast and up on that Twitter, all the fucking Twitters, uh, jammer underscore jokeypants on Instagram. Uh, then we also got the Oddcast Network, YouTube, and Facebook. Uh, so yeah, you can hit us up there. And that patreon.com slash, uh, patreon.com slash oddcast. Go help support the show and the other shows that we have coming. Like I said, there's stuff going up on there that's going to only be going there. Uh, I'm currently finishing up the processing on them. Uh, so there'll be things only going there. So you're definitely going to want to go check that out. Uh, just $2 a month. That's it. That's all we That's all we ask. Just the $2 a month to be a part a patron. And you get access to that. Uh, and really, just overall, you can chat with us at all the places there. <sighs> so, well, then, that's, uh, that's pretty rough. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, just like, you know, Rick Tobin sent, like, fucks you over this entire time. And then, like, the final straw for you is him teleporting you away and, like, trying to kill you and your daughter. So as soon as you get that opportunity, just like, you have become powerful, my daughter. That's good. Kill them all for daddy. And then it's just zombies. Zombies fucking everywhere immediately. So, the next day, an outbreak occurs at Darice. H. Porter, the creator of that fancy little ray gun that Jeremy likes so much, activates the alarm before he shoots his brains out, realizing there's no way in fuck he's going to survive. <laughs> well, I better warn everybody. Oh, man, these things are fucking everywhere. Well, Bessie. Bang! <laughs> there's no way. Like... <laughs> Uh, Rick Tobin returns to the facility and finds Nikolai Dempsey and Takio, uh, who, at this point, after being broken so badly, don't fucking have any idea who Rick Tobin is, uh, much less what he did to him, so they agree to help him. The four would later be known uh, in the timeline as Ultimus. So that's how they all came together in the original games. That's the story that hmm. they've now created with it is that Rick Tobin broke right. him so badly they didn't know who he was and he asked for their help to stop everything going on and they're like okay and uh yeah so <clears throat> we're gonna round out part two now with the beginning of the end plan Ultimus uh, Ultimus here which we've just now established is the original four, Rick Tobin, Nikolai Dempsey, and Takio, which would be Black Ops 1 into Black Ops 2, kind of. That's where it gets fucking weird. You didn't really play as them, so it would be World of War Black Ops 1, because that's the only time that they really see those guys. <clears throat> anyway. They arrive at the Rising Sun facility. Or, as we know it, if you played the games, the Shino Numa map. Where another outbreak has occurred. Ultimus discover the corpse of McCain, that spy who was kind of figured out. Uh, he died parachuting into the facility on orders for a rendezvous. Uh, he didn't make it. He was immediately killed. <laughs> so, um, Rick Tobin uh, also discovers his old diary, 
which has all the notes of everything he learned about the Agarthian device and the pyramid. This is where Richtofen begins to form his plan to defeat Samantha and Maxis and stop their undead army. Because again, he like, vowed he to just... just stop it all, so he's going to keep through with that now. Like, in a good way he's going to stop it, or in a bad way? <laughs> oh, we'll get there at the end of this story. That'll be in part three of how all this comes to an end. Ultimus then returns back to Darius. Here, Richtofen hopes to use the teleporter to reach the moon and just straight up, straight up kill Samantha and stop the undead onslaught. Unfortunately, the Wonderwolf DG2, that gun he was so fucking obsessed with having, uh, you know, mass produce, overpowers the machine and the group is sent to the Kino facility, Kino der Toten, the first map of Black Ops 1, in the year uh, 1963. Rick Tobin loses his diary in the confusion where the Soviet Union would later find it. This causes massive fucking temporal rifts being <laughs> just being shot out because they're being shot all the way to 1963. So they're shot almost 20 years into the fucking future into a completely different place, completely off shooting what they were aiming for. Because of this, Dr. Monty sees this through all the time and space, this rift being ripped open and decides like, okay, well, I guess I have to step in. Cause I mean, I, I guess I kind of caused this in a way. I guess I kind of have to do something here. Uh, so he goes back in time and gives some more nudges, kind of like he did making the drinks. Uh, going back and helping Gr- Group 935 make perk machines uh, for the perk drinks that he had made uh, and adds chalk outlines to the walls. Just small little <laughs> nudges to try to help them fight back with what he kind of caused. Ultimus arrives at the Kino facility, October 28, 1963. When battling back Samantha's hordes, they find a lunar lander and fly off to the Ascension facility. This is where we will pick up in part three, Richtofen's grand plan. Also, with the opening to the uh, these these episodes here, I have all the main songs from the first games in like just tidbitted segments. Uh, the very last one in all of that is called One One Five. Still one of my favorites out of all the ones that they did. I don't give a shit. Still one of my favorites. Uh, that's the one that plays in the Kino, and I, I played it every time. And then when they released the soundtrack, that was, like, the only one I really wanted off of it. (laughs) You know, by the way, I'm going to have to look this up for part three, but, like, that chick stopped doing the songs after Black Ops 1. And I I remember talking to somebody before, and they said that that if you ask her about that now, she, like, completely denies she ever did those and tries to, like, distance from it. And I'm like, why? They were so fucking awesome. Like, you'd go from, like, this, like, metal chick scream in certain parts to, like, this melodic, creepy, that just, like, fit zombies. It was, like, it was, like, it was just, it, it was so fucking fitting. You were so good at it. Why, why would you distance yourself? It was fucking amazing. Uh, be- because she got overshadowed by Avenged Sevenfold. 
<laughs> they only did one song in Black Ops One, because the second yeah, song that they had right? wasn't even with that. wasn't even with that fucking game. It was off the fucking actual album they made. She was. It, it was good. All right, that's all I'm gonna say. You have uh, uh, one one five. There's uh, Abracadabra. Um, um, Abra, Abra, Cadaver. No, that is completely wrong. <laughs> I want to so reach wrong. out and grab ya. <laughs> That's so wrong. Um, no, that's wow. Abracadabra by the Steve Miller band. I know, that's why I was like, that shit's so wrong. Um, also covered by Sugar Ray. <laughs> and, and who doesn't love Sugar Ray? <laughs> have, you, have you ever heard their metal shit? The songs of, like their metal songs? Uh, I don't think so. Oh god, you gotta look it up. It's so great. Oh my god. Oh, uh, but yeah, no, there's one one five Evercadaver. I think it's like uh, the one. There, there's uh, a Beauty of Annihilation, and then there's one more. I can't remember the name of it. I think it's like. Dream or something like that. Um, I think my like my favorites have been one one five and uh, Abracadaver, or no, not Abracadaver. Uh, I think it's the one that I can't remember that plays on Verruckt. I want to say. Well, I I would helping I would help you, but there are actually twenty songs in the Call of Duty Blackout. I mean Black Ops Zombie album. Yeah, but some of those are just instrumental shit, like the the main menu song. Uh, and different shit like that they have in there. Okay, we're we're gonna, we're gonna go through them really quick. Okay. Oh my god, Anthony's gonna go All through. Right. I could easily look it up. I just don't want to. Uh, we have damned lullaby of a bed of a dead man. There Ever we go, lullaby of a dead man. That's what I'm okay, forgetting. <laughs> I knew it was dead man something, and I'm look. I'm drawing a blank on it. It's dead man something. Lullaby for a dead man. Yeah. Oh uh, yeah, one one five is. Uh, song number 14 in Abracadaver is song number 18. So I'm glad that it was song number two that you needed. Uh, but yeah, the, the those are like the ones that she did. Uh, this Beauty of Annihilation, 115, Lullaby for a Dead Man, The One, Abracadaver, and uh, yeah. Uh, but yeah, then you had the one by Avenged Sevenfold on the, the celebrity map, Call of the Dead. Um, that was uh, I'm Not Ready to Die, which, I mean, it's still a decent song, but, like, I just liked her vocals, the way she did those original ones. And so then when we got to Black Ops 2, the only, like, actual song you can find is, uh, is fucking a song that the dude who, like, did everything else for it, like, figured out the instrumentals and shit and helped produce shit. He did one on the transit map, but I didn't care for it. Still don't. Uh, and then you could find the the Avenged Sevenfold song on Origins, but I liked her original songs. You know what's really great is uh, I'm on the song 115, and I'm on the lyrics on the Call of Duty wiki, and it says all lyrics written in italics. Screamed lyrics are written bold. Yeah, <laughs> it's it's, it's, it's like funny if you look up bold. Yeah, if you look up any any kind of metalish kind of song, if there's a difference in the tone. They they do that for all of them. It is interesting. That's actually that's actually interesting information. I did not know that. 
Yeah. Well, I mean, you're talking to to the guy who listens to metal a lot, and I've I've looked up lyrics before. If there's something right. like, you know, I kind of wonder if I just I'm misinterpreting and I'll read through. But yeah, if it goes like a soft part and then a hard part, the hard's uh, hard's bold. Right. Right. Well, that's interesting. <laughs> the fuck. <laughs> I know this is a little off topic, but uh, Resident Evil Three. Oh no! I'm glad. Uh, I'm glad. Uh, I wanted to. You know, we have some time, uh, which I did purposely so we could talk some things that had come up recently. Uh, yeah, Resident Evil Three is officially getting a remake. That comes out. What did you say? April, right? April third. Like it, amazing. Uh, I just want to clarify that the team who is like the original team that made these and whatnot, they have already gone on record and said if there's any of the old games you want to see get remade. We'll do them. There just has to be a fan demand. And everybody immediately demanded Resident Evil 3. They're like, well, if you did 1 and 2, why not go back and redo 3? Well, sure enough, they are. So I'm already seeing people starting things to hand them of, like, redo Code Veronica, redo this one. and that. Like, people want them to redo all the old ones, so they're already showing they're going to do it. (laughs) Uh, Resident Evil 3 Nemesis. Which they dropped the Nemesis from the remake. They did. I noticed that. What? uh, are you serious? Yeah, well, he's still in there. They just, just the Resident title. Evil Three. Yeah, the the title is just Resident Evil Three, no Nemesis. Um, but Which, yeah, I mean, Nemesis is still your main it. villain. But yeah, my my biggest issue currently is the nose on Nemesis. Really? Yeah, I don't know how I feel about that. Like, it's it's cool. Like, it's all janked up and everything. They gave him the a same. nose. Yeah, they gave him a nose. Are you serious? I haven't even seen it yet. Yeah, yeah. well, it's like a mutilated nose because you know he's a, a person's face, and but it's like it's like At all it's twisted mutilated. inside. Yeah, it's, it's like but at the same time, I'm just like, I'm like, I'm like that's a nose. Jeez, Jared, can we go <laughs> one conversation without you bringing your dick up? No, because I we lost it, it back huge. in Nam. Well, I guess you should have upgraded from bite size to real size. Oh. Uh, for those who don't know, uh, Nemesis, uh, Resident Evil <laughs> Nemesis, was actually the uh, <laughs> was the game that got me into Resident Evil. <laughs> Are you laughing because I just completely act like I completely ignored what just happened? That's exactly why I cracked up. <laughs> uh, Anthony's just right back on topic. I love it. Uh, <laughs> that is the true fandom right there. Um, I'm, just, I'm so excited. My, my supervisor, he also loves Resident Evil, and he's never played 3, so he's super excited. I'm just, like, geeking out you with know, him. You know, I like, have to be yeah. honest. 3, I didn't actually get to play myself because uh, I was... Lo- I I was I randomly had a copy of Res Two when I was growing up, but it was from somebody else, uh, and my parents didn't know I had it because, like, there were certain things my like my mom didn't know I'd watch or that I'd play, uh, but she was always very particular about the games that I would play early on. So, and I had Resident Evil Two that I'd play like in secret. I got to play a little bit here and there, but three I didn't have and I wasn't able to get. Uh, so I didn't actually get to experience it myself. I learned about it later on. Uh, 
So I'm kind of excited to see what they do with this so I could actually have an experience with it because I just didn't have the opportunity as a kid. Sorry, I'm a loser, folks. <laughs> Maybe um, she was afraid of you turning into your dad. Well, that's a little late. So, <laughs> speaking of which, we have an announcement. Do we I'm now? I'm pregnant. Watch your right. father. That is right. I made Anthony pregnant. Uh, I fucked my robot. I finally crossed that line. Um, <laughs> wow. Yeah, it's going to be an android baby. Uh, I'm thinking about naming it Murphy, and he will grow up to be a cop. <laughs> wow. They're alive. You're coming with me, dirtbag. Well, that's fucking terrible. <laughs> that's a Robocop reference for all you young kids. Um. That was the driest fucking RoboCop reference I've ever heard. What? Are you fucking Jeremy, you're you disappoint me. You disappoint me. You think me. that's a dry RoboCop reference? Wait till the bedroom later, you'll be so dry it'll be like the desert. <laughs> so anyway, um me and Anthony have a big announcement. Uh we really do. It's not a joke. <laughs> not not another joke. Uh, in in seriousness. Uh we're gonna be. We're finally gonna have our interview with the, with the, with with the one and only Fiend Cops. What? Oh Say yeah, this? we have we have an exclusive interview. That is right. With who? Fiend Gods. <gasps> who are they? Boy, if I could bitch slap you right now, I would. I would just smack you so fucking Brother, hard. Brother, right I've now. been stuck in an office or on a ruck march with no cell phone for fucking the last eight years, okay? Catch a brother a break, all right? Just because I'm in the catch army doesn't mean I know everything break? in the what world. The, who the fuck do you think you're talking Dude, to? Man, I'm still trying to catch up on Walking Dead, all right? Leave me be. Just tell you're me you're not missing much. Uh, Coral! Probably. <laughs> Coral! <laughs> Have you seen a Carl? Fiend. Can you watch Carl? It's not Carl, it's Carl. Um, Fiend is a author. Really? A horror, horror. A horror book author. Yeah. Okay. And fun fact, uh, for those of you who aren't my close friends or just you don't know, uh, Fiend is my dad, and he's really fucking good. Uh, he has quite a bit that he has published on Amazon and whatnot. Uh, I even recently just posted uh, an audiobook selection that was released uh, through his publisher that actually has uh, a few of his works on it. Uh, so you can, if you don't like to read, there's a couple audiobook versions. So go check that out <gasps> up on the Facebook page. Uh, but yeah, so we finally have a Fiend interview, and that'll be, uh, we're interviewing him next Tuesday, because uh, that is when he's free. Uh, so we'll have that up uh, on Wednesday. Uh, Tuesday night, Wednesday morning, depending on when you listen. But that'll be out as a bonus episode next week. That'll be a little holiday present for y'all. Uh, but I'm oh, very well, excited to have that. Uh, I'm very excited to do the interview. Uh, simply because um, getting word out there for his work, uh, because, I mean, his novella, Essence of Sunder, uh, I bought it for Anthony so he could experience it, and he loved it. If you're a fan, like, literally, if you're a fan of horror, check him out. Fiend Gots, F-E-I-N-D, G-O-T-T-E-S. He writes fucking amazing shit. Uh, he has he has a ton of short stories that are published out there. 
Uh, he has his novella, Essence of Sunder, and his novel, we'll actually be getting into when we interview him, uh, he has an official release date for it. So, uh, that'll be coming out next year, his first big novel. Peace it all Outstanding. And Fiend, you know how I feel about you. Oh yes, he knows all <clears> about well, your Well, this feelings. one from... You know, I should have expected this from the guy who brought me to go see Green Lantern. <laughs> that's... Oh my god, that's right. We went to go see that terrible fucking movie. <laughs> we got Burger King, and then we saw Green Lantern. You know, it's about the people. Wait, which version? Though? The Ryan Reynolds the one. The Ryan Reynolds one. Yeah. Oh, the, the one that he absolutely hated? Yeah. <laughs> yes. Well, we didn't know how it was going to be, because me and my dad had the same reaction of like, oh, it's Ryan Reynolds. Like, I mean, you know, he's entertaining enough. It can't be that bad. And then we were all, all three of us were just like, ooh, man. The fuck was that? <laughs> this, this man bought three tickets to Green Lantern. Did he ask for his money back? We wanted to. <laughs> <laughs> uh, uh, so, no, we'll have that coming out next week. Uh, as I said, that'll be an extra bonus uh, for the holiday, uh, because obviously Christmas is uh, only two weeks away now. Uh, so with the Christmas week, we're more than likely, uh, I know Anthony will end up being busy cause you know, new, you know, family stuff going on during Christmas. So everyone's going to be busy. I may put out something here or there, uh, but we'll probably, we're going to have that bonus as something extra for you over that time space. Um, uh, so yeah, that's just something I wanted to shout out there. We're going to have that coming out. I'm super fucking excited. Hell yeah. Outstanding. Uh, uh, outside of that, guys, um, so real quick, um, so I, I heard a thing the other day. It's a damn lie, and she should have kept her mouth shut. So, Anthony, you know how Taskmaster is coming in that Black Widow movie? Yes. Can I ask you something? But for real, bro? You just did. Like... Bruh, how mad would you be if it turned out that he was Hawkeye? Oh, so mad. <laughs> I'm glad I'm not the only one. Because uh, that's a theory going on right now. Is that uh, That's a stupid theory. Well, they referenced back to when uh, Loki was trapped and he was talking to Black Widow. Uh, she says that at one point Burton was sent to kill her. And they always reference Budapest and shit like that. Uh and the fact that the first time you see him in the trailer, he's using a bow and arrow. People are like, this is starting to look like, that might be Hawkeye. <laughs> you know, I'm, I'm, <laughs> hey guys, that yeah, might be Hawkeye. <laughs> you know, they have, they have, it's an okay theory, but I'm going to pl- plug a hole in it right now. If they, if Marvel did actually do that to not have to make a new character and like have it be an origin thing for Black Widow, but somehow put Hawkeye in there because you know those two are tied together, I would be extremely pissed. I'd be like, that's a no, waste well, of a no, fucking no, deal. No, 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 no. So, so, so technically they can do that because no. now that they've introduced Infinity Wars and there's different timelines now, it can be an alternate timeline. So they can technically no, no, do no, that. No, 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 no. Okay, no, no. I'm stopping this shit right now. You know why I'm going to stop this shit right now? <laughs> look at me. Look at me. I'm the captain now. Um, no, no. You see, because yeah. Black Widow takes place after Civil War. Yep. He's in house arrest with his family. I mean... Bam! <laughs> I mean... I you, mean... Are you kidding me? 
he only left and he became Ronan. Do you really think they're going to give Hawkeye a third identity? Probably not, which is why I'm I'm leaning towards it not being true, but that that's gaining a lot of backing by people who have analyzed how the character was fighting and shit like that. And I'm like, no. Oh, you mean the guy who can copy people can copy someone who shoots a bow and arrow really good? Yeah. <laughs> See, this is my... I'm th- thank you, Anthony. <laughs> thank you. Because I've been making that point to people, too. I'm like, I have pointed this out since he was revealed as the villain coming for that movie that I'm very excited to see him get played out. Because he's a fucking awesome-ass villain. Like, you know, like... Hmm. He Maybe just, he, he was he... in Budapest, but he learned from Hawkeye how to shoot a bow and arrow pretty good. Also, Taskmaster uses a fucking bow and arrow in the comics! I can feel the rage coming from Anthony. And a it's a stupid fucking theory. So, so, so here's, 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 here's my theory. What if, what if... Go ahead. This guy is not Hawkeye, but, but... Katniss Everdeen. I want to bitch slap you. Well, that means that means Marvel would have to hire Jennifer Lawrence, and we all saw X Men Apocalypse. And well, not all of us. Hey, money but talks. Some of us saw Dark Phoenix. Uh, we're being money talks. So you I know, mean... Anthony, that's actually a really good transition to the other thing I saw the other day. Oh my God! Thank you. Uh, it is now I'm also being rumored that Doctor Strange, Multiverse of Madness, will have a cameo. By the X-Men of the Fox universe as he travels through different parallel dimensions. And including the one and only Deadpool to be his first movie cameo. I can just see Deadpool grabbing onto him and going with. Yeah, I I briefly heard a conversation about that. Uh, They're going to start instead of to take up. And as a respect to Stanley, Deadpool is now going to cameo in pretty much about every single Marvel movie yeah, and that's a everything rumor. else. That's a rumor no, and a fan talk. petition. It's it a holds fan more. Petition. It holds more water than the fucking Hawkeye theory. It does, but it's a rumor that's been going around <laughs> since before Stan's death. That everybody's like, when Stan Lee dies, he has to do cameos, and it's just persistent. Well, that's so that's rude of them. They thought that he was going to die. That's why it, it's it. Like I said, it's it. They've been doing that since the first Deadpool movie came out. It was like, hey, if he like is such break fourth Wally, why can't he do cameos? Blah blah blah. Uh, and now they own him, and he is coming in. Uh, so I'm, I'm, I wouldn't be surprised if that's the first time we see Deadpool, and then we get to see him in something else. Is like he's traveling through the multiverse, and then Deadpool. You know, he does have technically have the time machine from Cable, which in the comics. I mean, it's not totally out of the possibility that he tweaks it to travel through dimensions. So let's do the math on that. (laughs) So, you know, we'll see what happens there. Um, But uh, outside of that, the only other thing is uh, that submarine is looking tonight. Wait, what? Game Awards are tonight. I don't, I don't, I don't. I don't, I mean, should I care? I mean, they're gonna, I'm sure there's going to be some reveals. I mean, the roster for nominated games Speaking are is pretty good. Good dick. No, that's later. Um, I did see that possibly uh, the next Batman Arkham game is going to be revealed there because they've been hinting at it pretty heavily, so now they think that this is going to be their big reveal. I mean, I don't you know have the best true, thing because but... it's not on until eight thirty Eastern time, 
So that's like six thirty your time. Yeah. No seven. Be seven thirty. I'm only an hour. I'm only an hour difference. Oh. Yeah, I'm central. Whatever. I don't know. I fall on a weird timeline where it's like I'm only an hour difference. Like fucking Texas. Let's see the nominees. Game of the year. We have Control, Death Stranding, Resident Evil Two, Sekiro: Shadows uh, Die Twice. Can I? Can Smash I? Smash Bros. Ultimate and The Outer Worlds. First off, can I hmm. say I don't know how I feel you about can. Death Stranding. I have not played it, but I've seen enough about it that I don't think it's a game that I'm going to play. Because you're just—I feel like it's running off of Kojima hype. It, it has to be like. You're literally just playing a postman. That is the whole point of the game, is to collect packages and deliver those packages. That is the entire fucking game premise, is to collect and, like, and deliver like came out, fucking packages. Like, didn't it come out last month? Yeah. So how is it nominated already? It could be, maybe it's a great game, and I just haven't played it to know. But, like, the whole gameplay premise is you're a fucking delivery man. Who has to deal with some enemies? Like, yeah, I haven't why? heard of Control, but but I've played the rest of them, and I'm pretty like the Outer Worlds, Smash Bros, and Resident Evil Two. Oh, those ones are like, great. Ooh. Although Outer Worlds, man, I do like that I, game. Don't get me wrong, but there is just something that I I keep finding off about it, and I don't know what it is. I think it's just that they made it so much like Fallout, but it's not a Fallout game, so it, it throws me off. And I think that's what the problem is. I think the Outer Worlds is running off of um, Bethesda hate. It is. Because Bethesda's definitely dropped the fucking ball. So my vote, to be honest, is uh, Resident Evil 2. Which, uh, you know, speaking of Bethesda with that, uh, when I was talking to Seth, uh, when we had him on, we were talking before the show when he came back for us there. Um, and uh, the what what the fuck is that one that they have coming out? I I'm, I know I'm gonna get a whole bunch of fucking hate from people, but I I don't remember. Uh, Star Starforge. See, now we're both gonna get hated. <laughs> I, I don't. It's know. it's the game that they revealed before Elder Scrolls. Uh, that one's supposedly coming out before, uh, but there's word going around that things that have come oh. out about that game is that it's going to be an online game, and I don't trust them with that, like, at all, <laughs> considering that 76 was such a giant piece of fucking shit. As soon as I heard yeah. that, I'm like, I don't trust them worth a goddamn to make a game that looked like an awesome space exploration game, but then make it online. I don't trust you with that anymore. You've lost that. You've lost that privilege, Bethesda. Um, and that one's supposed to come out before the next Elder Scrolls game. Uh, but me, when me and Seth were talking, he's like, that game and the Elder Scrolls Six better like blow people out of the water, or they're <laughs> they're going to go down in a blaze of fire. <laughs> like people are going people to are, destroy them. People are still gonna buy it. See, that's the thing. Like, we'll still buy it, but like, if it's bad, like, like, okay, if they put out two garbage fires, 
like two seventy sixes back to back like that, they will just destroy themselves. They will they will implode. Uh because I mean seventy six already put them in such hot water that I, I know a lot of people that really like Bethesda games and like they've enjoyed it. But then when they got coaxed into getting seventy six and how bad it was, they demanded a refund and they 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 refuse to play anything Bethesda now. They're like, that was just such a bad taste in my mouth and such a fucking lie. I, I can't trust them for another game now. And I'm like, you know, I want to say you have to give them a chance, but at the same time, like, they've been doing this for Fuck. how long? <laughs> there's no there's no excuse for what the hell happened there. And I know it's got shit oh, on a lot, but there is no fucking excuse. Absolutely not. Oh, I'm totally not buying a Bethesda game until I see full-on recovery. Oh, really? So you're not going to get Doom Eternal? That's Obsidian. That's different. Is it, though? <laughs> Don't do this to me. Don't Is do it? this to me. Don't make me... Because oh, it's technically under the Bethesda umbrella. Well, Jared, go fuck yourself. <laughs> You're one of those fucking studio guys who's like, well, actually, you'll be you'll be fun. It was fun to understand that. Disney well, it, it is it is too. it is a, it is technically a different studio that does it, but they are owned by Bethesda. But Doom hasn't disappointed me. Like I I like Doom, yeah. so I have faith in Doom Eternal. But like, okay, I'm not gonna buy Bethesda a game that Todd Howard's involved with. Yeah, see, that's better. Like anything that Bethesda is doing itself, I need to see something about it. When it after after it comes out, I will not pre-order them. Um, which I haven't, you know, I have to be honest, I haven't pre-ordered in like a long fucking time anyway. But after that whole fiasco, I'm like, I'm really glad I didn't do it that one. Like, fuck that. Second of all, if you're doing like Fallout 76, you know how you could have fixed it, Bethesda. You really want to know how you could have fixed it? Just add a co-op feature. That's all you had to do. You didn't have to go online and fuck it up the way you did. All you had to do was make a new Fallout game. Don't just reskin one that you've already done. Make a new game. And you know what you do after that new game? You just add a fucking co-op feature. That is it. That's fucking it. You dumbass. Yeah. Well, you don't need to sit there and yell at him. God. My rage is over. Hey, you know, it just works. Yes, I've let my rage... I've let my rage happen. It's over. Okay. All right. Calm down. It's not the end of the world. So, uh, but thank you all uh, for coming by and visiting us here at Beyond Chat. Um, yes. You know, it's been a great time. I've really enjoyed it. Well, before we, we go ahead and close this, I just have a message for the viewers. Oh, what do you have? Ooh. So... It is now the holiday season, and here at Oddcast, we really don't fully believe in the holiday season, but on a side note, I kind of do, uh, out of respect for both my fallen brothers and sisters and my sisters and brothers who did make it back but are still fighting a war that will never end. So if you know somebody that's out there that has served and has gone overseas, check in on them during these holiday seasons because it's usually the roughest time for us service members. Make sure they're doing all right. Invite them to a family outing. See if they want to come over for dinner during the Christmas Day or the Hanukkah or whatever uh, whatever celebration that you're celebrating. Go ahead and reach out to them. 
and extend them your hand because they might need more help than you can realize. That's a good. That's a good message, Jeremy. And if there's anybody you'd like us to shout out of here on the show, uh, you can always feel free to contact us at oddcastmedia@gmail.com at oddcast and up on that Twitter, all the fucking twitters, uh, jammer underscore jokeypants on Instagram. Uh, then we also got the Oddcast Network, YouTube, and Facebook. Uh, so yeah, you can hit us up there and that Patreon.com slash uh, Patreon.com slash Oddcast. Go help support the show and the other shows that we have coming. Like I said, there's stuff going up on there that's going to only be going there. Uh, I'm currently finishing up the processing on them. Uh, so there'll be things only going there. So you're definitely going to want to go check that out. Uh, just $2 a month. That's it. That's all we That's all we ask. Just the $2 a month to be a part of a patron. And you get access to that. Uh, and really, just overall, you can chat with us at all the places there. So enjoy that. And don't forget to go adopt this holiday season. Don't forget that. Give those animals a chance. Uh, I don't know a lot of people want to go get, like, a, a young puppy or a young kitten, but, like, for real, all you have to do, you just, you know, you can find puppies and kittens at, at a shelter. Like, believe me, I've been there. You can. Because there's people that had the same idea as you, to go get a kitten or a puppy, and, and then it's like, oh, well, we don't actually want that. Where do you think they end up? That's where they end up. So just go find one there that just needs a fucking home. And stop being an asshole. You know? Be kind to each other. Alright, that's our message here. Uh, and a quick recommendation for you. Go check out Stand Against Evil. You can find it on Hulu. It's a sweet spot of horror and comedy. I enjoy it. Good night. Say good night, you sons of bitches! Good night! Oh my god, good night! <laughs>